0: This episode is brought to you in part by NIDA Week, nationaleatingdisorders.org, where you can find more information about warning signs and symptoms, use their screening tool if you think you may have an eating disorder or know someone who does, as well as how you can help prevent eating disorders and promote positive body image within your running community. We hope that you'll visit their website and figure out how you can become more involved with NEDA. Thanks for listening. Through interviews with top professional, collegiate, and master's-level runners, leading dietitians, coaches, sports psychologists, and runners of all shapes and sizes, we hope to spread the message that there is no one-size-fits-all approach to distance running. Now, let's get to the show. Hey, Strong Runner Chicks. Welcome to another episode of Strong Runner Chick Radio. Today, we have with us Hannah. Um, Hannah Frazee, am I saying your name correctly?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Hannah Frazee um, actually wrote a post recently on Strong Runner Chicks um, about, it was titled 55 Rules That Were Meant to Be Broken, and it um, discusses more about the eating disorder that she um, went through, is going through, and kind of the process of recovery there. Um, So Hannah, we're really excited to chat with you today. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Awesome. Um, I'm going to go ahead and introduce Hannah and give you a little bit of background. Hannah bega- began her love of running at 10 years old and admits that it was love at first run or post race party. She participated in cross country and track in middle school and high school and was offered a scholarship to run at the University of Northern Iowa. Hannah ran cross-country during the start of her freshman year, however, after treatment for her eating disorder, came to the realization that it would be best for her to pursue other fitness opportunities. Hannah still runs for fun and has begun to find the fun in running again, without having the pressure of running at the Division I level. Hannah, we're so excited to chat with you today. Um, Like I said, welcome to the show. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well, thank you.
0: Good. Hannah, we're so happy to have you, and, um, oh, was that a plane, or, never mind, <laughs> had a little background noise there. Uh,
2: I know, I heard that too, I thought it was, so I live right across the street from an airport, and I thought it was an airplane, and then I realized before we started recording, I shut my windows, I was like, gosh, that wasn't me, few like, I yeah. got nervous for a second, I was like, ah! Oh. You know,
0: I've actually listened to a few podcasts before where um, the host or the guest had a train in the background going on, so at least we don't have train tracks nearby. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. That's yeah. so
2: true. Um, now, Hannah, um, are you back at school currently? Or are you at home? Where are you right now?
1: Um, I'm currently at home. I discharged last Saturday from McCallum. So um, I'm home until next Saturday when I go back to school.
2: Oh, how exciting. And congrats on your discharge. That's a really big Thank step you. in recovery. We're so happy for you. Thank you. <laughs> and where is home?
1: Um, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. So it was about, like, four and a half hours away from the treatment center.
2: Oh, very nice. Um, And is it chilly there? I'm just curious because we're all having yeah. such odd weather right now, so it's cold.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's been, like, we were under zero degrees for, like, 72 hours like straight and stuff so like they haven't had like they've had two hour delays like every wow. morning my brothers have been so lucky <laughs> but yeah
2: <laughs> oh my gosh I um so I have family I have a family house in Vermont and um the other day it was negative 27 below and that like never happens and it's in southern Vermont wow. too so it's so funny that it's been so cold in all these different places mm-hmm. anywho I kind of just I always seem to sidetrack us on our conversations um But Hannah, um, we'd like to ask you, how did you get your start in running?
1: Um, I kind of started because my mom was a runner. And so we have like a 4th of July 5K in our town like every year. And so like it's kind of become a family tradition that we all do it. So when I was in third grade, I was like, I'm going to run the 5K with you. And like it was going to be such a big deal. So that was kind of like how I started, I guess. But um, it wasn't really I didn't really take it seriously. It was more just for fun and like. Every Fourth of July, I would run it, but I was a club soccer player, so like that was kind of my sport and my thing before that. But I really just liked the bomb pops that they had at the end of the race. But
0: <laughs>
2: it was still post fun. race
0: festivities <laughs> always make it more fun, don't
2: they? Yeah. Yes. To- I totally agree. And now, are bomb pops the ones that you like slide up in the wrapper, and they're red, white, and blue? Are those yeah. those? Yes. Oh, those are yeah. so good! Oh my yes. gosh. <laughs> Um, And so then you continued to participate in cross country and track in middle and high school, correct? Yes. Yep. And how was that for you?
1: Um, In middle school, it was definitely just another extracurricular activity. Like I just did it for fun. Again, I was like mostly just focusing on soccer. So Mm -hmm. it was just kind of like a fun way for me to be with my friends, I guess. Um, And then in high school, I um, had to make a choice between club soccer or focusing on running because I wasn't allowed to do both. So I decided to quit soccer and, um, like start running. So I started taking it a lot more seriously. Um, and I'd like come to summer practices and I'd actually like run when there wasn't practice kind of thing, you know, like actually train. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was kind of cool. And my sophomore year, um, of track, I like kind of like everything kind of clicked, I guess. And I, um, ended up qualifying for state in the 3000 and the 1500. So it was like a really big deal for me because I was like, my freshman year I was like barely varsity and then like to go from that to like um dropping a lot of time was exciting I think so Mm,
2: yeah Yeah. and um what was that like that must have been kind of a big transition going from kind of like not really knowing what you want to do and or not really sure if running is kind of where you want to head and then all of a sudden being really quite a stellar athlete what was that like um it was really
1: exciting but Personally, for me, I think it put a lot of, like, added pressure that, like, I don't think I wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, like, a super – I have, like, a a really high perfectionist uh, attitude. So, like, once I started getting attention for it, I felt like I had to keep being at that level or, like, no one would care about me, which, like, Mm -hmm. I now realize isn't true. But I think at that time, like, I was getting a lot of attention from coaches and, like, Mm -hmm. colleges, like, my junior year were starting to contact me. So, like, I felt like I had to continue to, like, be at that level like the rest of my life, which is like unrealistic and Mm -hmm. it added a lot of pressure and kind of took the enjoyment out of running a little bit, I think Mm -hmm. so.
0: Now, were you excited at the prospect of running in college or um, did you have any hesitations about transitioning into collegiate running?
1: Um, I was really excited because like running had become my identity. So it was just like, that was like the next step. That was like the next thing to do because that was what was offered and I was getting offered scholarships. So of course I was going to run and I don't really think I ever considered not running in college, but looking back at it now, like I think it was just like I would never even given myself the opportunity to think about it. It was just like the next thing I was going to do. Um, the transition wasn't really as hard as I expected. Um, like the mileage that my t- my college team was running was similar to like what I was running in high school, so it wasn't too bad. Like transitioning that way, which was good.
0: Yeah. They usually say freshman year is also the toughest to transition into. So it's nice to hear that at least that part wasn't um, too challenging. I know the increase in mileage and different training style could be a challenge. Um, Yeah. So um, kind of elaborate a little bit on that, um, going into collegiate running and just the team environment, like did the team environment and the competition level um, change at all? And was that kind of a shock from high school or um, how do you feel about that type of change?
1: Um, the team environment was like definitely different because um, on my high school team, like I was one of the most like serious runners, I think. And um, in college, it was like everyone was kind of like me, like they were all very serious about it. Mm-hmm. And so it, that kind of did take away some of the fun, but it was also really fun because everyone was serious. So, like, there wasn't, like, a bunch of wasted time where people were like, I just don't want to run kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed <laughs> that. But um, at the same time, it, it just brought out a lot of anxiety for me because I felt like I had to be at a certain place or a certain time. And so, run like, runs became a lot more, like, competitive. So I don't feel like I got to enjoy being with the team as much because I was so, like, worried about my spot on the team and, like, where I stood. Um, But that being said, I don't think that was like pressure from like the team or the coaches themselves. It was more just like an internal pressure that I put on myself. So Mm -hmm. that was kind of hard for sure.
2: Yeah, that pressure can really be challenging, especially when, um, so I have that perfectionist quality as well. You're not alone, Hannah. Yeah. And, um, it's definitely really challenging, you know? Um, and I want to ask and feel free to say, you don't have to say anything at your answer to this. Um, but was there, did you ever feel a sense of comparison there? Um, I know that's something that a lot of people have worked through, but did you, did you have that comparison with your teammates at all?
1: Yeah, for sure. And it was hard because, I felt like I was comparing everything that they did to like, like and like, addressing that as like, that's why they're such a a better runner than me, but in reality, like, that wasn't the case, and so like, like, I felt like I compared what what they ate, how they trained, even like, what they wore, or how they looked like, what they were wearing, like, how they looked in their jersey compared to me kind of thing, so it was just basically like, comparison in every aspect of how they did, and like, I would associate that with how good of a runner they were, when like, that wasn't the case, but... Yeah, and that definitely took away from, like, the friendships I could have, like, formed mm-hmm. if I had been able to just enjoy, like, being there and, like, knowing that I was enough. And, like, they recruited me so, like, I was good enough to be on the team. It wasn't like I had to prove myself every race and every practice. So that definitely would have helped.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's a great point you brought up that, you know, you were recruited for a reason, you know, there's a reason they wanted you there. And um, sometimes, you know, it's totally understandable, we forget that we get so caught up in everything that's going on with our team and with ourselves. And, you know, just being a freshman in college is a big deal in and of itself. So um, that's, I understand that's totally understandable. Um, so I'm going to kind of sidetrack this really quickly. Are, mm-hmm. Do you have a major that you've decided on?
1: Yeah, I'm majoring in biology um, and cool. I want to go to grad school and become a physician's assistant. Um, so yeah, we'll see how organic chemistry goes. That'll be the true <laughs> test if I can handle the major. <laughs> but yeah, so I really enjoyed my classes. So hopefully go it'll go well.
2: Good. I wish you so much luck. I have like a few friends who are um, currently in grad school to be PAs and they love it. Like absolutely love it. They, I'm not going to lie. They did say Orgo was like, I I think that that's the nickname for it. Right. Orgo. Yeah. Clearly not, not a science person here. Um, they did say that was super challenging, but, um, I know that they were able to get tutors on campus and such like that, which I'm sure you have there as well. But yes. Oh, I'm excited for you. That sounds like so much fun. Yeah. Um. So you wrote a very honest piece for Strong Runner Chicks entitled "55 Rules That Were Meant to Be Broken." Um. What was your thought behind writing this piece, and your inspiration? I
1: think for me, it was partially therapeutic in the sense that, like, I kind of like got to put all the pieces together of like what I've been working on in treatment, and like seeing like kind of like where I went wrong in my journey to where I've become, like what I've become, but like. I would like really like even if it would help one runner or one athlete not have to go through like what I did, um so that was kind of why I wanted to share it because I feel like it's kind of like a a white elephant in the room often it's just like not spoken about a lot in running that there's a lot of eating disorders or like disordered eating um but it's like a problem that's like should probably be addressed more than it is right now, so i would I think just talking about it and like showing others that like. You don't have to have it all together all the time and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, um, I do want to say that I really appreciate the creative title in that post as well, because i um, The 55 rules, when Kelsey first shared the post with me, I was expecting to open it up and see, here's 55 rules about running that were meant to be broken. And I was like, wow, thinking (laughs) this girl has a lot of, like, this is going to be a long blog post, you know, with 55 of these. (laughs) But the fact that when I read, so like, you have to really read between the lines and read the full post to know what the 55 rules are. And. I just, I thought it was really well done that you put that in there. And it kind of was shocking to realize that, um, you know, just when it it was almost like a result of your self-reflection that you realized through these, wow, I, I made 55 rules here about, you know, what I can and can't eat that, um, I think that was just really powerful and that part of the post really affected me and, um, yeah, it helped me see that we just try to live our lives sometimes in black and white and there's so much gray in between. Yeah, for sure.
2: Mhm. Um so you also mentioned when you, uh, just a few minutes ago that kind of white elephant in the room that um that the eating disorders that we don't talk about or those you know stereotypical things that always happen always seem to happen to runners as my finger is like air quote right now. Um like in your experience what would have helped you you know um as a freshman in college or even before that um to kind of maybe get you to um treatment sooner or maybe um stop this white elephant um, um that's in the room what what would have helped you do you think um I think
1: well for one like having a little bit more available resources um the town that I go to college in doesn't have any therapists or dietitians that specialize in eating disorders, so that makes it really hard because they like not having those resources. Eating disorders like require a different dietitian to be honest, and like just a regular dietitian, like, it can work, but it's the, the more specialized they are, the better it is. So mm-hmm. that would be nice, and I think um, I was able to go to the Victory Program um, at McAllen Place, which um, has its own certified strength and conditioning coach and like is a place for athletes, which is the only one like in the country that has that. Mm -hmm. And so I think having more um, resources like that because athletes, um, kind of do need a different treatment in the sense that like you want to go back to your sport in some capacity. So like being able to integrate that into your recovery is really nice, um, while you're there. So that way you're able to kind of like find that love for fitness as you're finding yourself again. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think, like, having more treatment centers that have, like, a program for athletes or a strength and conditioning coach um, would be really helpful, too.
2: Mm-hmm. Very, yeah, very, very wise words there. I know when I was going through my treatment, the assumption was that I'd never return back to sport again. Um, and that, for me, was like, oh, no, like, that's that's not how I see my future at all. You know, I want this to be something that I do in just a different manner in a different mindset and a different physical ability. So I'm so, so happy to hear Hannah, that you were able to find, um, vict- this victory program, um, because it really sounds like it was a good fit for you.
1: Yes, it definitely was. Um, I would recommend like any athlete that's seeking treatment to try and go there if possible, just because, um, I was able to meet so many friends, um, and I have I am able to still text them and stuff, mm-hmm. um, but they really kind of like understood where I was coming from because they were athletes, too. So being able to like talk about the struggles that we all kind of have in common really like helped me see that I wasn't alone in that. And it was really just a good experience for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. I actually did a um, research project on, um, I took a course on eating disorders last semester in my undergrad and, um, the victory program was my number one choice for an athlete. So I was just in a way, I mean, happy to see that you were able to find that treatment center. That was a perfect fit because, um, I've heard so many good things about it. And, um, I did want to ask, what are some ways in which you think, the treatment center, um, you did mention a little bit with strength and conditioning coaches, but, um, what were some, uh, factors that were different in ways that they kind of tailored it to meet athletes needs?
1: Um, so we, um, had our own like separate groups, um, throughout the day. So we go to two groups just with the athletes, which, um, and like we talked about, um, issues that would relate only to athletes kind of like body image wise or, um, like family systems, including like your sport family kind of thing. Um, And then we also had a special like victory team, I guess. So the dietitians and uh, the therapist um, specialized in like sports psychology. And so they kind of understood like that aspect of like where the issues would come from. And then the strength and conditioning coach, Amanda, um, was just awesome. She kind of you aren't allowed to go like into sports until you're like at your goal weight and like medically stable obviously but she just has such a good outlook on like on sports and how fitness should be incorporated into your life and um allowed me to try so many new um sports and activities so um I was able to like try yoga and zumba and rowing biking and I also got to incorporate running but just being able to do so many different activities and like see that fitness is so much more than just running was really exciting and, like, something I've, like, been able to incorporate outside of treatment.
2: That's awesome. That sounds, that sounds like a very, very special, um, integrative, um, approach there and, um, so, so cool that you were able to try so many different things. Do you have a favorite out of the ones you tried?
1: Um, I really liked the Zumba class just because it was, like, so, like, high energy, but, like, it was a workout, but, like, in a different way, I guess, but, um, Mm -hmm. I've actually decided that I'm going to join the rowing team um, when I go back to school. So next semester, I'm transferring to the University of Iowa because they have a specialized dietitian there in Iowa City for eating disorders. Um, I was like one of the only ones in Iowa, so and it will be closer to my house, so that'll be nice. But they have a rowing team there, so I'm actually going to join that and just try something completely different than running.
2: That is so cool. I um, I did a bit of rowing, actually. Um So I'm from Cape Cod, and over the summers, I would do a bit of rowing. And it's really, 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 I think it was really hard. I don't have much yeah. upper body strength, though. But I totally admire you for going after it. Way to go, Hannah. Like, yeah. that's really, really exciting.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely excited. And just, like, being able to kind of have, like, a, a new sport, just, like, a fresh start where it wasn't so rigid when I was... I was so rigid when I was running, so to be able to, like, just kind of get a fresh start will be really nice. Mm
2: -hmm. And will you – so you'll move in with a roommate? um, Yes. Have you met your roommate yet? I haven't. Um, We've
1: texted a couple of times, but it's just, like, a random roommate. But I think it'll be good because um, I roomed with someone on the track team, which – when I was at the University of Northern Iowa, which was really great, but it was hard because of, like, my comparisons that – it just made me really competitive, so it wasn't really mm-hmm. the most enjoyable experience, I guess. So I think it'll be good that it's someone who doesn't row or run, just like a normal student, so I can kind of remind myself like what normal is, I guess.
2: hmm totally, that's super exciting. Megan, do you remember when you moved in with your like freshman year roommate? Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I actually had, a, if Kayla, if you're listening, I had an Australian roommate, which was super cool i was so excited to meet someone and i still <laughs> apparently say some things like i started getting an accent a little bit I <laughs> oh my, <laughs> my friends back home said <laughs> it rubbed off but <laughs> anyway uh, yeah it's always a fun experience uh, in mm-hmm. college so yeah yeah the roommates Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely. Well, um, Hannah, so yeah. I guess I wanted to jump back really quickly. So you started off in an outpatient treatment team at Cedar Falls, and then you decided um, kind of like on a, a random, you said a random Sunday in September um, that you needed more help. How did you know you needed more help? What was that um, realization like for you?
1: Um, I think I just felt really like trapped, I guess. Um, like people were suggesting, like, like, why can't you just, you know, eat the cookie or just, like, try having one dessert, like, every day or something, but, like, I just couldn't, like, like, I couldn't do it, and I was becoming really frustrated, Um, so, like, my progress was pretty much non-existent whatsoever, Um, so, and I realized, like, I wanted more out of my college experience than this, and so um, I called my mom, and she was, like, yeah, like, I think it's probably time then that, like, we seek, like, further treatment, so... That's what we did. Um, I'm really happy I did it. It was really hard at first like to accept that like I was in a sense like dropping out of college for a semester mm-hmm. but it was definitely necessary. So I'm glad I was able to do it now looking back but during the time I wasn't happy about it.
2: Yeah. uh, Well, I have to commend you, uh, my friend, because it takes someone who's very, very mature to realize that within themselves that they need more help. Um, And I've talked about this before on the podcast, but asking for help, I think, is one of the hardest things we do as human beings. And the fact that you were able to say, you know what, I need more help. That's pretty remarkable, Hannah. Thank you. Yeah, that that takes a special person to be able to do that. Um, So so it sounds like the Victory Program seemed to be a really awesome place for you. Um, would you mind just kind of telling what this process is like? And so was it a residential um, facility?
1: Um, yes, it has um, residential and then like PHP, like partial hospitalization. So gotcha. um, I was in residential for like four and a half weeks. Um, so that's like 24-hour care. So when I first came in, my heart rate was like super low. Um, and not just from running, but because like my body was shutting down. So, um, in the middle of the night, I'd have to get my heart rate taken at one, three and five in the morning by a nurse. So that was not the most enjoyable experience, but I've lived through, lived through it to tell the tale. But, um, so we would have groups during the day and then, um, we'd have a breakfast, AM snack, lunch, PM snack, dinner, and then like a right, a snack before bed. Um, the food was like very challenging for me at first just because it was so much food i wasn't like used to eating because of all my food rules um mm-hmm. but it was definitely um really kind of nice to be forced to eat it um there because now i'm able to eat it once i leave like i'm like i can eat it there i can eat it here kind of thing mm-hmm. um and the groups were pretty much all day some of them were great some of them not so much but i was able <laughs> to kind of um really get close to a lot of the people like in our young adult community and Um, meet some really awesome people and like make connections so that was really cool too
2: Mm -hmm. Um, so what are some of the the most positive changes you've seen in yourself since going through the victory program Um,
1: I think I'm able to like very slowly I've been able to see like the value of myself outside of my sport or just like my success in school like like that isn't the only thing that like makes me Hannah kind of thing Mm -hmm. and I've been able to kind of um, see my black and white thinking and like a lot of times I think it's like this it's like all or nothing but really there is like gray area in life and like being able to see that and like work towards it um, has been really beneficial for sure
2: um, so I guess so those are all amazing changes and um, it sounds like you really worked hard to get there um, and I uh, I guess, I guess I want to um, also say too for anybody who's listening who's never been through an eating disorder recovery. And Hannah, you can back me up probably in saying this that it is hard work. Um, it's not easy. People think, oh, you're going into recovery, you have to eat all that you get. You get to eat all this food. It's challenging both mentally and physically. You don't always feel physically well. Um, mentally, it's a extreme struggle. So, um, really, uh, for anyone who's listening, I please like be um, aware of how how awesome Hannah is for being for being able to say all this and go through it and then speak with us about it because it's really not an easy thing to go through so um, Hannah once again I'm gonna give you a round of applause because it's really well done to you <laughs> Thank you
0: <laughs> So um, one question I had kind of, looking back and reflecting on the process of recovery for you. Um, what advice would you give either to your younger self or maybe to someone who's going through an eating disorder or thinks that they might, um, they might need to seek treatment? What advice do you have for them?
1: Um, probably to seek treatment as soon as possible. Um, because you, if you think you even like might have an eating disorder, you probably do. Um, When I was, like, my senior year, I didn't accept that I had an eating disorder, and I lost out on a lot of opportunities that are, like, super exciting when you're a senior. Like, your last prom, your last homecoming, and being with your friends, like, the last football games. But I, like, kind of isolated from social situations because of my eating disorder. So, um, the sooner you seek help, like, the sooner you can, like, kind of get your life back. Um, And, like, also... For my younger self, I think I would just say, like, your value isn't based on, like, your times or, um, like, your perfect grades or anything like that. Like, people like you just because you're you, Um, which I'm finally starting to realize, too. um, Being at treatment and, like, kind of getting your identity of, like, sport and school taken away, you, like, realize that you're more than that. So that was really an awesome opportunity. So I think if you're struggling with that, like, going to treatment is probably a really important decision, that needs to be made for you um and like talking to your outpatient team if you have one or if you don't getting one and they can probably suggest like what would be like the next steps for you to take
2: you totally just validated our hashtag more than a runner yeah. <laughs> that was Definitely. yeah that was something that we really um or actually megan started and then mm-hmm. kind of i jumped onto it um but I'm I'm curious now, Hannah, how do you see yourself as more than a runner now? Like, what are some other identities that you've really sought within yourself to kind of form?
1: Um, I think I've, like, kind of just formed new values. Like, I, like, found out, like, I'm a really caring person, and I value friendship, and I really care about my family, and I enjoy, like, doing other activities, like watching Netflix. Like, I'm allowed to just watch Netflix just because I want to and I enjoy, like, writing, um, and stuff like that, and there's just more that I can do than just, like, be good at school and run, and, um, like, for me, it's especially about, like, relationships, like, forming close friendships with, like, others, and, like, with my family has been a lot more enjoyable now that I've, like, been able to, like, focus on other things other than just the food, so that's been really good.
2: And, um, it said in your bio that you still run for fun. Are you still – do you still get out there every once in a while to go for a quick jog or how's that been for you?
1: Yeah, um, I've been running quite a bit recently just because it's been cold. So, I've been on the treadmill a lot. Um, so, there's not a lot of things to do outside here. But, um, yeah, I just kind of run for fun. I'm like, okay, how, I just kind of like gauge how I feel, I guess. So, like I don't go for a certain distance um, or like a certain pace anymore. I just – kind of run off how my body feels and one of the things they worked on um at treatment was like uh the treadmill like the pace and the distance and time are covered up and so you just um run until the strength and conditioning coach like she's like okay you're gonna go for 20 minutes but like you don't know your pace or how far you've gone so I've kind of been doing that when I run on the treadmill I just kind of cover up the pace and the time and the distance and just say like I'm just running for me and like the enjoyment of like moving my body not to like hit a certain pace or burn so many calories so that's made it a lot more fun too just because now I feel like I can just run just for the fun of it and so that has been really awesome
2: that's really really cool yeah Yeah. I've actually been doing an experiment with myself in the past uh I'd say probably the past two and a half weeks I haven't run with my watch um and I've kind of just been seeing what that's been like um and I look at the clock sometimes I do have to wear it because I'll go before work and if I get too caught up in my run then um Like, I just look at, like, what time, the actual time of day it is. Um, So I'm not late to work because that would be really bad. Um, But I (laughs) have been running without my watch. And you're absolutely right, Hannah. It's so freeing. It's amazing. It's like the best thing, one of the best decisions I've ever made um, in terms of my running. I guess I should say, um, but yeah, that must be really, really nice. And do you when you're so? I, first of all, I also admire you for being on the treadmill. Do you have anything to entertain you while you're on the treadmill? Do you listen to music or watch anything?
1: Yeah, usually I just listen cool. to music, or sometimes I'll watch Netflix if like I'm in the mood yeah. for it. So it kind of depends on the day, but. Definitely, at least music because treadmills are Aren't very they? boring. Oh my gosh, I always call
2: it the treadmill. I think it's the worst. The oh, yeah. Yeah. What type of music do you like to listen to, Hannah?
1: Um, just kind of whatever's on the radio, nice. just like pop, nice. really. Um, yeah, or some eighties throwback oh, is good. Good too.
2: choice. Oh, I love eighties oh, and nineties yeah. throwback. So good. Yes, um, I actually yeah. went on Christmas to go see The Greatest Showman, which is like with. Um, Zac Efron and I think it's Hugh Jackman I don't know it's a musical and I downloaded some of the songs from their soundtrack and I never run with my iPod um but I downloaded them and went for a um, a run yesterday and decided well I might as well just bring my iPod with me why not and it was the best thing I was like this is so cool um but it's a lot of fun um and I could see how music is super helpful on the treadmill there yeah um so, what's new and exciting in the life of Hannah? I know you just um, left the victory program about—would you say a week ago? Was it? So, con- yeah, congrats again ago. on that. So, anything new and exciting in your life?
1: Um, not really. I, I like—I guess I like—I'm joining the rowing mm-hmm. team. And I found that out yesterday, so I guess that was exciting. Yay. But um, really, nothing is all that new, or I guess kind of in the sense everything's new because, like, going to the grocery store is a lot more enjoyable because I'm like all right, what kind of yogurt do I want to try today? What kind of cereal do I want to try today? Because everything is like new again. And it's like, nothing's off limits. So in a sense, everything is new in that way, I guess. And just like um, getting to go like to this, like today I went out for lunch with my like high school friends and it was just great to be able to like, feel like I was present with them again. Cause it had been so long since I've actually like listened to the conversation. So like in that way everything kind of feels new and like being with my family is a lot more enjoyable. Like I thought my family was annoying, but I think it was actually just my eating disorder. So oh. it's been
2: more enjoyable to be home for oh, sure that's too. That's great. Oh, and that sounds like I've said yeah. a few times so freeing. Um so I have to ask what were some what have been some of your favorite grocery store finds now that you've lo- let go of those 55 rules? What are some of your favorite grocery store finds?
1: Nutella? Oh. Yeah. Um and then like this salted caramel like noosa, like it's like Ooh. like whole milk yogurt I would recommend. Very good. Um and chocolate peanut butter Cheerios. Oh. Also very good.
0: Oh. <laughs> you know what? My friend actually just sent me a Snapchat. Kelsey, it was Julie, oh. I think, and um one of our friends, she her dad was eating chocolate uh chocolate peanut butter Oreos or not Oreos sorry Cheerios when she went home for the holidays and she's like I gotta start buying
2: these they're so good
1: (laughs) yeah they're really good I would recommend them
2: awesome um Um, so we're gonna kind of come to a close here Hannah um and so we always ask our final question is what does being a strong runner chick mean to you
1: um I think being a strong runner chick to me just means like running for the love of it and just to move your body because you want to not because you feel like you have to and really like being able to enjoy like everything that comes from running like the friendships with teammates um the like joy of a challenge and like pushing yourself but also knowing like when when to stop I guess too and just being able to like say okay I'm gonna stop today like this is what I like this is what I got today and moving on and not letting it consume your whole life.
0: And um, if listeners are um, listening in right now and would like to connect with you, what is the best way to do so?
1: Um, they can connect with me on Instagram at crazy underscore Frazee or, um, or my email, um, hannahkfrazee at gmail.com.
0: And can you spell that out? Just yes. I just want to make sure we get your last name down.
1: Um, H-A-N-N-A-H-K-F-R-A-Z-E-E And then at
2: gmail.com.
0: Okay. And we'll make sure to note that in the bio if people want to connect. Yeah.
2: Yes. And listeners, you can always, of course, um, reach out to us, and we can always forward Mm -hmm. messages to Hannah as well, um, now that we're connected with her. Um, So Hannah, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Um, As I've mentioned multiple times, um, I really admire your strength and courage in being able to be so open about your recovery and all that you've gone through. So thank you so much.
0: Thank you for having me. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Strong Runner Chick Radio. We hope you found this episode enlightening and powerful as it sheds light on eating disorders and how prevalent they are in not only in the running community, but also in our society. You can visit nationaleatingdisorders.org slash getinvolved to find out more about how you can help spread awareness of eating disorders. In addition, use the hashtag NitaAwareness on social media and also be sure to Send us an email at strongrunnerchicks at gmail.com if you'd like to find out more ways to get involved. We would love to help spread more awareness on these topics with your help. In addition, if you enjoy the show, please be sure to leave us a five-star review in iTunes and you may just get a special greeting card in the mail. We'll be sending them out to a few select reviewers. We also just really really appreciate
2: your support and thank you for listening Thanks for listening to the Strong Runner Chicks Radio. Do us a favor and leave a review in iTunes to help spread awareness and foster the SRC community. Additionally, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Strong Run Chicks.